0: We've designed this program with
1: your destiny in mind. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and welcome today to this wonderful program that we have put together just for you concerning the scriptural secrets of Pentecost. It's our desire that you have and relationship with the Holy Spirit like you've never had before because you are that special generation that he has brought, that supernatural consecration from heaven to be elected, to be selected, to go forth in this hour for the kingdom of God. And before we get started, I want to take this opportunity to invite you to our social media platforms, particularly My Day of Destiny podcast. And you can do that by going to mydayofdestiny.com. Also, beloved saints, we invite you to um, to navigate our website and to see all the wonderful features that God has just for you so that you can grow in the deep things of God. It is really, you are really the reason why we're here. We want to be sure that we are empowering this generation with the same blessings I was able to receive in my generation. I had the privilege of sitting in the meetings with Catherine Kuhlman in the 1970s and to be a recipient of that anointing that was so present during her meetings. Also, to be in the very beginning of the charismatic renewal, working all over the world, training leaders from the late 1970s even till now. So I want to share with you everything that God has given me. It is my burning desire that you acquire the fire that the Holy Ghost has for you. Now, let's get started today because today I want to speak to you about the scriptural secrets of the wheat harvest. You know, that sounds like kind of a boring subject, talking about the wheat harvest. Like some people may say, what in the world does the wheat harvest have to do with me right now in the year 2022? It seems so boring. I I really cannot connect to that particular theme. But I want you to know that everything in the Bible is personal, powerful, prophetic, And relevant, and nothing is just ancient antiquity. I want you to know that there are personal, powerful prophetic meanings for everything in the scripture, and especially with the Holy Spirit. So let's begin. First, I want to give you some background on the role of the Holy Spirit. And the wheat harvest, because why he took up his residency here on earth in the upper room when the 120 were gathered together in one accord. And do you know that on the day of Pentecost, that Peter was actually prophesying when he said, This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And one of the most clear identifying features is that Joel prophesied these events would take place during the wheat harvest. And that's exactly what was happening in Jerusalem. Men and women from all over the world in the diaspora were gathered together in Jerusalem for the Hebrew feast of Shavuot. Shavuot means weeks, taken from the Hebrew word shavua, which means week. And we see that Pentecost is actually the 50th day. But let's look and see from Joel what this actually is saying to us. The Bible tells us, beloved saints, in Joel chapter 2, verse 20, 24, the floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with wine and with oil. We see the scriptural significance, the prophetic prelude, if you will, the contextual concept before we even look at what is going to happen on the day of Pentecost. Joel completely informs us that it's going to be in the time of the wheat harvest. He says, The floors shall be full of wheat and the bats shall overflow with wine and with oil. So we already know the season. Now, beloved saints, we also get this powerful, prophetic, uh, personal, powerful, prophetic teaching from John the Baptist. John the Baptist, remember, John the Baptist had one vision, one message. You see, his baptism was to prophetically be a prophetic prefiguring of another baptism. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but another is coming after me whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Many of us think that the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes from man. You see, John's baptism was a baptism from man. He took the water and he baptized them. And he said, this is just a demonstration, a demonstration of things to come. I baptize you with water but one is coming after me whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, beloved saints, notice what he says. He says, whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and he shall gather the wheat into the garner, but the chaff he shall burn in fire unquenchable. Do you know what this means? This means that John the Baptist also is telling us there is something spiritually significant about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and Jesus, who is the baptizer, not man, but Jesus, who is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost, and it will happen exactly as Joel prophesied exactly as John the Baptist teaches, that he will gather the wheat into the garner, but, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. So the question arises, why is it so spiritually significant that the Holy Spirit came during the wheat harvest? Did you know that Gideon received his call during the wheat harvest the bible tells us in judges chapter 6 that while gideon was threshing wheat the angel of the lord came to gideon and the angel of the lord told gideon that he will he will deliver israel out of the hand of the midianites as one man do you know what that means gideon is a type and a shadow of the way the Holy Spirit makes us one. And when we come together in one accord as one, we can have the power that Gideon's army had. This is why Gideon was threshing wheat when he received his calling. And did you know that Samson, during the wheat harvest, a great miracle happened to him. The Bible tells us it was during the wheat harvest in Judges, chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible goes out of its way to tell us something so supernatural is going to happen to Samson during the wheat harvest. And what was it? His own brethren from the tribe of Judah took cords and they bound his hands because they did not want any confrontations with the Philistines. They were content with their compromise. But God raised up Samson as a sign of consecration in an apathetic generation. And it was during the wheat harvest that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson mightily and the cords that were around his hand, the Bible says that the Spirit of God melted them like wax. Beloved saints, That is the bondage-breaking power of the Holy Ghost. So today, I invite you, go with us live now. I want to invite you to our service on the Holy Spirit and the teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I pray you are going to receive such an outpouring like you've never had before. And then I will be back with you to pray for the impartation and the divine visitation to fill your life. For music, they didn't even have instruments.
2: They had the little cling-clings. And they had a record that had music on it, but it was with that old-fashioned, God is my witness, you know, that looked like a microphone, a big, uh, uh, what do you call those, those megaphone? It had a uh, like a th- what you see on the old-fashioned RCA. You see it? there, that RCA uh, little dog sitting next to it, the old-fashioned pitcher.
1: that's exactly what they had. And they danced the whole night. They danced, and they
2: praised, and they worshiped, and all you would hear is hallelujah in there for hours. Then we'd preach, and they'd dance, and they'd shout hallelujah, and they'd love God and they'd be back to church the next night. There was one little man called the Hallelujah Man. And I'll never forget it. We'd just be we'd just be praising the Lord and then he'd come up and he'd shout Hallelujah and you'd think the mountains were going to quake. Because he'd just shout Hallelujah!
1: But it was glorious in those missionary days. So I can see how in this place The assembling together for a whole year was something they do in the Middle East. They don't get tired of church. In Africa, they don't get tired of church. Oh, my goodness. There's been plenty of time that I've been in Africa, and I had to go to sleep because they're praising the whole entire night, and outside our window, God is a witness. We didn't even have a window. I won't tell you what it looked like in the jungles where we were. But the whole night, everybody's dancing the whole night. is glorious. Dancing the whole night and shouting. And I had to prepare myself for the next day because they were baptizing people in water, hundreds of them. But the the singing and the dancing the whole night long, and that's just the way it is, you see. People just serve God continuously around the clock. And so here we see for an entire year,
2: they assembled themselves under the anointing of the teaching of Saul and Barnabas. And the Bible says, now watch this. The Bible is saying here in verse 27, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. Now the question arises, Why did the prophets, who were these anointed prophets, one by the name of Agabus, who's very well known in the book of Acts, you will not only see Agabus here, but you will also see Agabus in Acts 21. He's a skilled prophet, an anointed man of God. And the question arises, why are they coming up from Jerusalem to go to Antioch? Why? Because there is a word that one of them is going to deliver by the name of Agabus. And there is no body. When I say body, I am speaking of the body of Christ. There was no community. There was no gathering or any place that was able to bear the word that Agabus was about to speak, except for the believers that were at Antioch, because they were prepared every single day by the teaching of Saul and So the word that was about to be delivered, it was not just the power of the word. It's what to do with the prophetic word. It's how to respond to the prophetic word. And you see,
1: there had to be a spiritually mature congregation. Because what was about to be delivered required the judging of prophecy properly. And you see,
2: if that word that Agabus had would have been delivered anywhere
1: else, it would not have had the effect that it had. But because Saul and Barnabas had been teaching every single day, the body of Christ was already ready and as a matter of fact, there was a prophetic atmosphere
2: already happening in Antioch. Acts chapter 13 says, now there were at the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, hallelujah, and Simeon, called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. I want you to understand, these were powerful teachers.
1: And Agabus can't deliver the word in Jerusalem. The people are too scattered. And there's not the atmosphere trained for the word that's going to come from Agabus. What is
2: the word that's going to come from Agabus? It says it right here. We don't get a word-for-word prophecy, but we do get this there stood up one of them by the name of Agabus who signified by the spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout the world which came in the days of Claudius Caesar. Now I want you to understand why it had to be delivered in the house where the saints were prepared. Because it's one thing to deliver a word like Agabus had, but it's another thing to act on the word and judge the prophecy properly. Let's look in our Bibles. The Bible says, then the disciples, uh, every man according to his ability determined to send relief to the brethren which dwelt in Judea which also they did and sent it to the elders at the hands of Saul and Barnabas.
1: What's going on here? First of all, I want you to know what's going on here. There's going to be a famine. And it's not God's
2: will that the church would have suffered with it. It's God's will that as that word was being delivered, That when the famine happens, the church is protected. Now, I want you to understand something. Persecution, God was allowing. But the famine was a whole different thing God was not allowing. And this is why he sent the prophets from Jerusalem to a body that was spiritually mature enough to be able to discern the the prophecy properly and cause the entire church to start taking up collections in advance to get everything ready for the famine when it hit. So that when the famine hit, nobody in the body of Christ was going to be affected. You you hear people saying, why didn't God tell us all these things? Do you want to be ready for the Holy Ghost to start revealing to you what's going to happen in the end times? He doesn't reveal these things so we can get our ears tickled and so we can make some sensational merchandising out of the prophecies that God has given. He has given it to us to judge prophecy properly. respond to the prophecy. This word was so holy that Agabus had that it couldn't even be delivered in Jerusalem because anyone misjudging the prophecy and not not acting on it. You see, sometimes judging prophecy requires what are you going to do with the word that you've heard? Are you going to just let it sit or are you going to obey the Holy Ghost? You see, I come from the days, child of God, when someone gave a prophecy, they didn't say, so-and-so gave a prophecy. We weren't allowed to say that. We weren't allowed, my sister and I. We were raised in a very strict, uh, Sister Edith, she was strict. And she came from from the days of Charles S. Price and worked with Catherine Kuhlman. And whenever somebody would give a word, you had to say the Holy Ghost said, not so-and-so gave a word. Hello, somebody. You had to say, did you hear what the Holy Spirit said? You're not allowed to say, oh, so-and-so had a word and they prophesied. No, the language had to be, did you hear what the Holy Ghost told us? And were we following what the Holy Ghost told us to do? That was pretty strong.
1: You see, we have to know. The Holy Ghost sent Agabus up. With a word, famine's going to hit the whole Middle East. They got heads up. They judged it properly. Why did they judge it properly? Because they'd been taught by Saul and Barnabas for a year. That was a community that was able to handle a word like that.
2: See, there's many things Jesus wants to tell us, but we're not ready heavens are bursting with the prophetic word and prophetic utterance to give to the church but we haven't become ready we have allowed ourselves to to be moving away from the word of God and the things that are in God's word but if we would prepare ourselves we are going to see that God is going to be speaking the things that are to come to the churches and they're going to be warning people and God's people are going to be spared.
1: One of the greatest ministries that the Holy Spirit has in this earth is He is the Comforter. And I want you to know that every single one of you that are weeping in your heart, did you know that this season of the wheat harvest, the time of Pentecost, the time of supernatural sheaves, the time that God is going to turn your weeping into supernatural reaping for the kingdom of God. That means that everything you've ever gone through, that once you become a believer, once you become baptized in the Spirit, God will take that pain and use it for gain for His glory. There is nothing, beloved, that you have been through that is too hard for God not to solve. And I want to encourage you from the bottom of my heart. I want to encourage you with all of my heart that God is going to cause your tears that have been uh, maybe troubling you, things that you've gone through in your life that are troubling you, that God is going to use it for his glory. He is going to use you so mightily. Did you know He's not looking for strong vessels. He's not looking for perfect vessels. He's looking for broken vessels. Do you know that that brokenness can actually become something the Holy Spirit needs, even in spiritual warfare? Do you remember when the Spirit of God came on Gideon? In the sixth chapter of the book of Judges and in the seventh chapter, God gave Gideon instructions. He said, take a trumpet in your hand and take a pitcher with fire in the other hand. And God said, blow the trumpet and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and break the pitcher. Do you know that when those pitchers were broken, that the power of God went out in the camp of Israel? Some of you are fighting like broken warriors. You've been like a broken pitcher. But what you didn't know is that the fire of God, the fire of God is going to go out of your life and you are going to spread the gospel all over the world. God is going to use that fire because he needs fire. This is what the Holy Spirit needs. He needs vessels that desire him, vessels that want him, vessels that cry out to him. That's all that's required is to need him. And if you are someone today that needs God, that you say, I need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. I can't do anything without you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Then you are the candidate. Because why? Those individuals who are broken know they can do nothing without Jesus. They're totally dependent on him for everything. And that's why the fire broke out in the pitchers. That is why God said to Gideon, break the pitcher. And in that brokenness came the fire of god because once you have gone through a broken experience the fire of god something rises up within you that says i just know the only way i'm going to make it is staying dependent on jesus i need him i love him i want him i desire him and if you are a god chaser then you need to pray this prayer with me because i believe the holy spirit's going to fill you and send you forth To the ends of the earth. Say this prayer with me, precious Holy Spirit today I come to you. I long for you. I desire you. I ask you now, fill me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that your fire would go forth into this generation. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you now, put your hand, lay your hand on men and women that will be used mightily for the glory of God. And if you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you can do that right now. Say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Wash me clean from sin. I surrender myself to you. I desire, precious Jesus, to become born again, to pass from death unto life, to be washed by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the blood that was shed 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross. If you said that prayer, please call the number on your screen and know that we are praying for your destiny. That's why we're here. Now, we're going to go to our announcer, and he can tell you all about, he's going to tell you, all about our international feeding programs, our work of Hesed. That is all over the world. In case you didn't know what hesed was, hesed means loving kindness and acts of kindness. You will help us when you hear this. I pray you will help us with orphans, with water wells, and with refugees, with so many works all over the world. Thank you for joining us,
0: and we'll see you real soon. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.